Yo, yo, guys, School of Hard Knocks, episode 33. Got Coach Rod. Coach Max. Last podcast, dude, uh, episode 32, of course, was the one where y'all uh, hit the UT clinic and y'all did like a road trip slash podcast, dude. I yep. loved it, man. We actually, <laughs> uh, me, Anna, and Rich were on the way to uh, San Antonio because we flew out the next day to Oregon. But, um, I mean, we podcasted the whole way, dude. They probably hated me for it. But that was the first one we listened to, bro, and it kind of set the tone for the trip. And, <laughs> and uh, I like that. That's and cool. like I felt like, like I felt like I was at the clinic with y'all, even though we weren't there, you know. So thank you for that, man. It was for a, sure, for it was sure. a good one, dude. So we wanted to do something along the way. We're like, man, we can't let this week pass by without a podcast. So we did our best. We just recorded it from the Anchor app on my phone and just got the info out, man. Sounded good, man. Do what you got to do. I heard uh, Coach Ruben hitting the. <laughs> No, the side when it's on the, the freaking speed control thing or whatever so it is, the little lines on the on the highway, dude. So, but now man, sounded good. That was cool, man. So y'all just got back from Oregon. We did, bud. We did, man. Uh, you, it wasn't necessarily like a, a clinic like ours where there was a bunch of speakers. Yours was a little bit more practical, right? Yeah. So we attended the Catalyst Athletics Weightlifting Certification. So it's a cert that you get. And the cool thing I like about this cert, Max Tubo, is that um, is there's no so you can look at it both ways. There's no like further continuing education to keep up with it. Okay, so once you get that cert, you have it for life. Okay, life so nice. yeah, which I like, dude. But it depends though too. If you're the type that oh, you just get it, you never use it, then I think it's pointless. But <laughs> for sure, for sure. but if you're the type that hey you go get this cert and you coach these movements and lifts using whatever principles and methodologies that Greg goes over and stuff like that I feel like that's kind of being in the moment having a coach is kind of your continuing ed- education as you go you know and then yeah. when you need to go back to certain things where you have your book and you have your modules and stuff like that you know but yeah man we uh, we uh, flew out to Bend. Oregon, which is centrally located in the state, um, I had never heard of it, to be honest with you, dude, and the more people I ask, the more I find out that it's a pretty well-known city, dude, wow. and I had never heard of it, man, to be honest with, with you, Jeremy was telling me that it's like the endurance capital of the United States as far as like triathlon training goes and stuff, wow. dude, so, and you you could see it, man, I mean, Bend is beautiful, dude, I thought, my first thought we went out there, I hadn't really researched it or anything, I thought... I mean, we're just going to the gym that's there to go get this cert, and that's it. You know what I mean? It is, uh, it is beautiful, dude. It's serene. The air is very crisp. Like, you just get there, and it feels good. Very clean, dude. Uh, but there's also big. Uh, there's been a big boom in the city recently as far as growth goes. And uh, the number one thing that stood out to me was small businesses is what runs that town, and I love that, dude. Coffee shops, breweries mom-and-pop shops as far as restaurants, clothing, just everything, man. Just very, like, tight-knit, very chill and stuff, you know? So, and the, I mean, just the views out there, man, because it's a, it's actually a valley. Um, So there's mountains all along the edge of it, dude, you know what I mean? So you got these huge peaks with snow tops and stuff like that. It's just, and then there's rivers that run through the town and stuff, bunch of trails. It's just, like, if, if you're into the outdoors, dude, there's always going to be something to do, whether to do, it's having yeah. to go ski or snowboard or fish or whatever it may be. But, yeah, man, we uh, got there Thursday, just chilled out, dude, got a feel for the town. 
Friday came around. Um, we dropped in at the gym that day before the cert, so just to kind of go check things out and stuff. So we attended their, I think it was like a 9, 9, 9 a.m. class, man. We threw down a wad. They had a program, an open workout from a couple of years back. Cool vibes. Dude. Probably one of the better gyms that I've been to as well, too, that I've dropped into. So um, nice. I got to talk to the owner for a bit and kind of their history and what they've done, you know. Um, and they've been open as long as we have. They opened up in 2012 as well, too. Oh, wow. um, yeah, man. So, but the, um, the cert was Saturday and Sunday, man. And Greg Everett, Amy Everett, his wife, uh, and their athletes were there. And, uh, probably one of the more popular ones you're going to hear is like Maddie Cakes on Instagram or Maddie Rogers is her name. And, and they work with Olympic world-class caliber Olympic weight, weight weightlifters, dude. Males and females both, you know what I mean? And I want to say that Amy Everett is only the second, uh, like, senior level five saw coach in the world, I believe, dude, too. Ursula was the first one, I believe. Um, so, and I mean, they're, they, they go back in this field, man, this sport, bro. Like, I've been following Greg's stuff for 10 plus years now, and just the content, dude, is unmatched. Like, what he puts out on his on his YouTube page, like every exercise that you could think of, you could type it in his search it's there. feature and it's there, bro. When it comes to Olympic weightlifting and stuff like that. And just any, like just random questions that I have too sometimes like, oh, like setting up or as far as maybe the transition from the first pull, second pull, like he has everything, bro. So he started it all. Yeah, man. And uh, so, Cert was Saturday. We started off, man, 9 a.m. And right off the bat, dude, you know, I mean, it's like it's always that like pre, pre like seminar clinic certification vibe where there's like different groups of people around. You could tell everyone's from all over the world, dude, all over the country. And, and we're all there for kind of the same thing, man, to get better and to become better coaches, you know, what I mean, bring back what we learned there and stuff. So we, um, we, uh, he said it right off the bat. He's like, all right, guys, I need you all to stand up, and you're pretty much going to be in an upright position from 9 to 5 p.m. today. And we were like, oh, shit, dude. And I love that, man, because, I mean, I think there's a good balance of lecture to practical that you could do, but I'm more of a fan of the practical. Like, all right, I, I want to do it. I want to feel it. I want to get coached. I, I want to be kind of changed if I'm doing something wrong, you know, I mean, along the way. So, and it was just, I mean... They kicked our asses, but in a good way, bro. You know, and they drilled this, dude, and they went over the details of the Olympic movement. So we started off with just, like, different positions of the snatch. So we did the snatch the first day that we were there. And, I mean, he broke it down step by step, reviewing, like, the hang position first, uh, going through the pulls, going through the squat, which is the overhead squat that relates to the snatch and why it's used. And then from there, towards the end of it, dude, broke out and he was kind of like, hey, whoever wants to kind of throw it down and lift some weight, go for it and we'll coach y'all up. So their athletes were walking around helping us out. Greg and his wife Amy were there coaching us up as well too. And so, yeah, man. And um, you can say that. Yeah, dude, it's, it's amazing, bro. And then Saturday we went in, same freaking style, dude. Kept us on our feet all day and then we broke down the clean, the clean and jerk and stuff like that. So we went over the jerk first kind of separated those two and I like that dude and he broke down the jerk how it's done in the variations of a jerk as well too um, and then we went into the clean dude and then we combined them at the end and same thing at the end of that day um, we uh, he gave us a little chance to throw it down and get coached and stuff like that and 
Yeah, man, it's cool to see, bro. You know, I mean, it's cool to see kind of what everyone else is doing around the country. We got a chance to talk to people that were from Denmark, Australia. We spoke to people that were from Connecticut, New Hampshire, Florida. I mean, from all over the country, dude. And, and they're kind of on the same pursuit as us, you know. I mean, they're just wanting to better themselves and stuff. So definitely huge thumbs up, dude. Awesome time, man. And, uh, yeah, dude, I can't wait to kind of start to implement some of these things that we learned and and get it done, man. You know, what I mean? it was that's a good time. cool, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to like like picture it all, and it, it seemed like it was a like the whole time the vibes were good. Yeah, bro, for sure. It, like universe kind of put you where it needed to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's super cool, man. And w did y'all practice more like with PVC pipe or just the barbell? Or he he had his doing. A little bit of both, man. So we did a little bit of PVC pipe stuff, especially when we were doing like snatch things, which which was the first day. So like we talked about like uh, doing a tall snatch and stuff like that, where even like, yeah, the barbell might seem light, but it's a very hard move to do because there's no leg drive. It's kind of a high pull and then you drop beneath into the snatch, you know what I mean? So things like that, yeah, do we use the PVC pipe, man? And, and then from there, once we started getting to the movements where, all right, like it's fine to use a 35 or 45 pound bar, but they even had like training bars and stuff like that. But he did use the PVC pipe a bit when we were going over the snatch the first day. So. And how difficult was that? Dude, it, bro, <laughs> I've gotten slammed with the PVC pipe before, <laughs> dude. When we did our L1, dude, they kicked our asses all day with it, dude. Right. And it's rough, dude. dude. And I'll tell you what, man. Um, just like we always say, bro, too, you know what I mean? Like, like, like you should be able to move. A 45-pound bar should look the way you move the PVC pipe. And if you're moving 225 in a squat or an overhead or a clean, it should look the way you do with the PVC exactly. pipe as well, too. And that's the goal, you know? That's the goal, which is, I think, a good segue into the next topic, bro, um, which practice versus training. Now, I think sometimes the two get very confused. Um, I think... Sometimes we get stuck on the more training side than anything. Um, practice kind of gets looked down upon because maybe it's not as sexy as the training is. You don't get the heart rate pump in. You don't, you don't get the, the super sweaty effect. You're not on the ground, right, when you're yep. practicing. You're focusing more, like, on the strength, the power, your endurance, all that stuff, right, which is more, like, organic. Absolutely. But then... When it comes into the practice, we're missing these key components that are more neurological. And that would be like balance, agility, coordination, a little bit of speed here, right? And um, if we're missing those things, then we might see big plateaus in the training or, or we might be stuck at a certain weight that we can't get over or yeah. we don't have the skill set to last on the pull-up bar as long as we would like to, right? So... I think we're going to talk a little bit about practice versus training and, and the difference between the two and how we can start incorporating maybe a little more practice in the day to just help create a better training experience. So Absolutely, man. what do you think about practice versus training, man? I think, dude, it's, it's definitely, and I think you said it just perfect. You said um, it's often overlooked, you know what I mean, as far as when it comes to practice, you know what I mean? And um, in the sense of, just like you said, it's not the sexy stuff. Dude. We're not doing these big, complex movements where we're moving fast. We're not getting our asses kicked. 
and then it's leaving you on the ground after you get done, you know what I mean? I, I'm a big fan of practice student, and I think a lot of the, the plateaus that you see in the gym, like you said, it's because they're often skipped, that's why. Or there's a certain point that you could reach, dude, without, let's say, just like thoughtful practice, you know what I mean? But there's going to be a point where maybe if you skipped like steps one through three and you're at four, but if you want to get to like step 10, you need those prior skill sets and that practice in order to get to that point, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, uh, and I think that applies to barbell movements as it does even with the basics itself, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. I totally agree, man. Like a regular push-up is cool. But a box push-up doesn't look as cool. No, yeah, right? Of like it makes it sometimes makes you feel like, oh, well, I'm weak. Well, well, yeah, you are. So that's why we're putting you on this progression so you can get the push-up, right? And it's not to be like trying to, to to embarrass the client. It's not trying to put them like, oh, you're not strong. And no, it's meeting the client where they're at. Absolutely. Hey, you are here. Okay, so I'm gonna meet you here, and I'm gonna get you here. How do we do that? Progressions and practice. You don't get cr good at CrossFit by doing CrossFit every single day. You don't get good at pull-ups by doing pull-ups every single day. You do. You get there by varying your training and practicing certain skills. Absolutely right? not. So, like, I think one of the things that sometimes we don't get enough of in our training is is body weight movements or like gymnastics. Absolutely not. Right, because maybe that isn't as measurable as like a clean would because like you can do a power clean and you can be like oh I did 95 pounds you do another power clean and you're like oh I did you know 110 that's measurable it's real quick yeah. you did that fast mm -hmm. in gymnastics you might not get a push up till like two months later yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean mm -hmm. so it's like it can be discouraging at, at some point yeah. but that doesn't mean we neglect it because if we neglect it then it's going to show up in our training a little later and that could be an injury it can be something with overuse in certain muscles. Yeah, man. Um, it can be tons of things. So what do you think about gymnastics um, and, and what it can do for the body? Dude, I think it is the foundation of what should be implemented. And I'll even go as far as saying, dude, I think elementaries should have a gymnastics-based physical education approach, dude. Or at least a bit, dude. And you know, I'm going to take it back real quick, dude. So... Um, I'm actually, at one point in history, bro, there was gymnastics implemented into education systems at schools. And it used to be monkey bars. And then they used to have kids roll and tumble mm -hmm. and flip and do, and do things like that, you know? As far as how structured it was, I'm not sure. But I know I've seen the old school black and white videos of it in schools, dude. And I know in the European countries... I'm not sure if it still is, but it definitely was a huge ba base of it as well, too. I remember a video of that. Yeah. And I saw it at our USA uh, weightlifting circuit when we first got it. This, uh, this man was playing this cool, like, old school black and white. I think it was, like, in Poland or something like that. But they had kids, like, front flips, back flips, tumbling, crawling, doing stuff like that, you know. But, dude, I think it, uh, gymnastics is huge, man. And, and I think this, too, bro... When people think, like, if you get an average draw off the street and say, hey, man, like, our gymnastics-based approach program, whatever it may be, or if they hear that word, 
I think they're fearful of it at times because they think, oh, what, like I'm going to be on a balance beam and I'm going to be doing flips. And no, man, exactly. a, a gymnastics work could be holding a hollow hold on the rig. That's it. Or even on the ground, too. You know what I mean? Like, like you could get grandma and grandpa to do it, first day, average Joe or Jane, and they could do a progression or a regression of a gymnastics movement, you know? You can. And I believe, just like I said, that, that it needs to be the foundation for kids, man. You know what I mean? And I feel like the ones that I've seen that have that background are the ones that you see that become elite in our field as far as like the sport, CrossFit, weightlifting, um, and any other sport, man. There's just this body awareness that's gained at that age, dude, of learning like primal functional movement and body positions. And just like you said, like shapes and stuff like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like that, like, yeah, dude, I think it's, I think every kid needs to do it, man. Every kid, man. And even like, like, the kids need to do it now, but then I think even at us as adults need to start getting into more shapes and positions. And you said it really well right now. You're like, man, when everyone thinks gymnastics, they think, oh, I'm going to start doing muscle-ups and fucking front flips and shit. And it's like, no, don't get too fancy with it. Gymnastics, move your body. That's yeah. it. I want you to think. Gymnastics, move your body. And I even think, like, double unders falls under the gymnastics category, doesn't it? Like, is it the I think body so, weight, dude. right? Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, yeah. things like... Probably box jumps, like you're moving your body. That's mm -hmm. pretty much what it is at like its lowest level. So when we say gymnastics, we're not going to be talking about any muscle ups. We're not going to be talking about anything crazy. We're just basically talking about hey, your push ups, your dips, your pull ups, your your. Do you have the kip swing? Do you have the butterfly pull up? Do you have toes to bar, knees to elbow? Can you can you kip swing? Right? Yeah. Can you hold on to the bar in a nice hollow position in the correct shape? Yeah. Right. So. Where does that come in? Practice, right? Yeah, like you have true. to practice these shapes because like I'll kind of line something up for you right now. Like a hollow hold is the way you should be set up on the pull-up bar, okay? The hollow hold is also the uh, start position of the kip swing, mm -hmm. right? And then the hollow hold is the position of the handstand push-up, yeah. right? The hollow hold is the and position of a kettlebell swing overhead, right? So there's all these, these shapes that are very similar, the yeah, same dude. shape. We as coaches need to show you all like, hey, look, this shape transfers into all these other movements. Mm -hmm. And if you can just get good at this one shape, then you're gonna be really good at the other ones. Bro, and it's a really hard shape to maintain. Dude. It is, man. Like, when you're doing a static hold, dude. Global for, flexion. For, yeah, man, it is. Everything is on, dude. Everything is on. And, like, on the reverse side, bro, and I'm glad you mentioned that right now, dude, I, I love those holds, dude. And they're tough, dude. And they're tough to do right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Number one thing you see is, of course, the lumbar curve and how to tilt the hip, hip, hips and stuff like that. There are things that could be fixed, you know what I mean? But if you're doing a legit, like, uh, hollow hold the weights down on the ground, it's tough, bro. Yeah, it is it so is. hard, dude. And you get the shakes real fast, bro. At least I do, dude. Do Everything too. starts to, like, shake and jiggle, dude. You know, when I see someone doing a hollow hold and fucking talking and shit, I'm like, you're not in a hollow hold. Yeah, there's no way, dude. There's no way. Like, you're, you, you can't. You yeah. Know? Like, I can get into a good hollow position. I can hold it, like, probably maybe, like, a minute max, right? And it's going to be burning. And it's going to be burning, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I can even get into certain positions that I can start shaking, like, in 30 seconds. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... And that's because I feel like I have 
connected with my body because I've been practicing things for a while. And that's neurological. Like, if you can't close your lumbar curve, that's neurological. Yeah. You, you can't get there. Your brain's basically saying, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can't close that lumbar gap. And what we're talking about, team, is lay on the floor. Okay, lay on the floor right now. Right now. <laughs> you have to do it. If you're, <laughs> to do it. if you're driving, don't. Um, but look, go home later, lay on the floor, put your hand underneath your lower back and feel that gap. And then just try to close that gap by pushing your lower back down yeah, to flat. the floor. If you can do that, you're neurological, you're, you're good. If you can't do that, then you need to work on that first. And how do you do that? You can't, you're not going to train it, you're going to practice, practice it. Yep. You're going to practice it. How does it look? It doesn't look sexy at all. Guess how it looks? It looks like you laying on the ground with your knees folded, feet on the floor. Trying, trying to, to close push the gap. <laughs> trying to close the gap. Yes. Guys, we want you to do it and tag us on Instagram of, <laughs> of a video you <laughs> doing that. Slide the hand beneath, closing the gap. You know what I'm saying? So that there is is practice. It's neurologically based. And sometimes, like our balance, we always say, oh, my, I have horrible balance. Dude, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Like at all. Like you're telling me already that one of the most basic skills that you need for fitness that you don't have. And then you want to go run. Mm-hmm. And you want to do um, all these things that require balance. Like single leg lunges. You want to do things overhead. But you don't have balance. So maybe we need to train that. Yeah. And how does that look? Well, it looks like training on one leg. As simple as standing tall. Um, lifting your knee up right above your hip. Squeezing that opposite butt cheek and just fucking balance. And just hold. Yeah. That's it, bro. That's it. If you want to get a little creative, throw a ball against the wall and, and catch that shit on a single leg. But, but, but like, imagine this, dude. And, and I'm a, like, like in our field, dude, right? Like, we have, there's, like, just shit fucking blows my mind sometimes, dude. <laughs> on, like, no, you can't do that because this site does it. And we don't, we don't train like that, you know? So, Bosu Boss, Stability Boss had this big push. And then your fucking gurus came out and said, oh, no, you're not going to do anything on that ball. It isn't, it isn't serving you fucking purpose. Why, why are you going to stand on a ball and squat when you can stand on the ground and squat more? Well, yeah, maybe that's not the outcome that we want. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's little synergist things that are being worked. The neurological side of it as well, too, where your brain is having to maybe think a little bit more to control things mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They fucking work, dude. They, they do. They, they do. And I've used them a lot in the past, mm-hmm. man. And we're gonna fucking bring him back, bro. Like, you're ready, dude. Like I've fixed my body with that, bro. Yeah. Like I've gotten injured. I still kind of run into problems, bro. Like my body is a body like anyone else's, but I just learned over the years on how to train certain things, yeah. right? And I know when my body's starting to become unbalanced because I start to have some pains. Mm-hmm. So then I pull back, I do an assessment, and then I start doing weird shit, single leg stuff, balancing, all that stuff because it's just restoring everything yeah. right so like think about it gps system right like you type in the address and and it takes you there yeah right that's kind of like how we want our brain to be with our body like mm-hmm. we want our brain to know exactly where to go when we need it to go there like if i'm deadlifting and i'm starting to feel my spine kind of round i should be able to learn how to fix that spine and get a neutral right if someone the coach is telling me hey your shoulder's coming up pull it down i should be able to pull that shoulder down absolutely right hey there's a little overextension in your back. I need you to, to bring your hips underneath you when you're finishing out your press. I should be able to do that, right? Uh, even under fatigue, Absolutely. right? But where do we get that? Practice. Practice. Right? Man. Yep. Practice because I cannot fix my technique out there 
pushing a four plate sled and then coming back and then trying to do like a toes to bar like my heart rate's too high my grip is already out my legs feel heavy like in that workout it would be best to do what you can control and then hey look later let's practice this skill and it's all practice and it's practice you said to bring the heart rate down yeah like after the workout practice yep you know what i mean and that's a good way to cool down as well because you're still getting some good movement in you're slowing things down a lot you're 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 making sure that your 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 blood's not rushing through the the arteries and your your uh, respirations like crazy like no you're calming down you're you're able to feel your body out like the best thing that I like to do in class is when we're doing like a like preparing for squats and then we have everyone do like tempo squat oh yeah and we're like slow it down slow it down slow it down you see some people automatically just going like fast already yeah. and it's like whoa, whoa, whoa wait slow it down slow it down and they, it. Yeah. they suffer more mm-hmm. but I also think that it's like they don't like that feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Suffer feeling. So they just want to get over Run with. Run from it, yep. But you're missing a lot in that that little moment. Like today's jump squats, bro. Yeah. Like today's jump squat is more about quality. Of one, the by jump. One. one by one. One by one. One by one. I was watching some people trying to get like 10, bro. Yeah. And it's like, wait, just get four. Yeah. It's like three or four jumps within those 20 seconds is going to do you way more. Yeah than trying to get 10, 20 jumps, you know what I'm saying? So what we're doing is we're neurologically prepping the body to be more explosive in the power clean. Exactly, man. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool stuff, like, but it, it's it's boring stuff. Yeah. Not for me, <laughs> but yeah. for, for the average who who looks at the class and they're like, I want to do that. Yeah, man. You know? so, I think that's the big stigma, dude, with, like, um, and I'll use the example with, like, uh, because it all comes down to perspective, bro, you know what I mean? And how you view things and whether you know or not how those things are kind of accomplished or whatever it may be, right? So I'm going to give you the example of, like, Instagram. Instagram has made it. There's, like, this fucking la-la land now that exists where everything is perfect and everything is this and everything you win and everything is heavy and everything is per- perfect, okay? But what got to those points along the way? And in our field, as far as movement and stuff like that goes and exercise, it's practice. practice. But they don't show all that, though. You know what I mean? Like, they just show, show you, all right, we got to 100%. This is what you see. This is what it is. But what about all the other 99% and those things that happened during that time? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how it is in the gym, too, bro. You know what I mean? Those are the things that us as coaches know, but we just need to relate to the groups in a way that they understand that concept and just know that... Patience is okay, okay? We need to have patience with workouts, with movement, with exercises and stuff like that. Because we do some pretty complex shit sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're getting sometimes 30, 40, 50-year-olds that have never had to move the way we're trying to have, have a move. Mm-hmm. There's an adaptation that needs to occur, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll guide them through it and stuff like that, but they just need to be patient with us. And they need to be able to put in the effort because, honestly, dude, there's no shortcut in this stuff like there's not like I'm sorry there's no special pill that you're gonna take and right I'm gonna fucking squat great tomorrow with it no like it's practice and purposeful practice practice with intent bro yes and it was like me and you were having conversation before we turned on the cast bro and it was like okay when there's a competition coming and you can't do toast to bar and the competition is like two weeks away Mm -hmm. all of a sudden in those two weeks you can do toast to bar at least maybe five of them what happened there practice and you gave a shit <laughs> right? so you cared enough 
to put aside the time to practice. And those potential, those gains were always there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. It's not like like people are exempt from gains, bro. Mm-hmm. Like anybody has the same fucking potential. Well, maybe not everyone, but I'm talking about it just in the average as far as like getting strong and powerful. Yeah. We can all get strong, powerful, faster, jump higher, breathe better. But it's what we do, like how we practice and, and, and then yes, the training stimulus, but you just got to care, man. You have to. You know what I mean? Like, how bad do you want it? You know yeah. what I mean? And, um, which brings me over into like this other segue of like, like sometimes when we're training, you know, um, we're going to need to reduce load. We're going to need to spot, yeah. right? Spotting, which, which is kind of like another topic that we wanted to highlight. And sometimes spotting, um, <laughs> kind of looks like, oh, well, you're not strong enough. Yeah. You know, you can't do that weight. Oh, bro, it didn't count because you got spot. It didn't count. You know what I mean? But all spotting is is reducing the load so that you can continue the movement, right? So, like, there's nothing wrong with that because there's actually some potential gains that happen from spotting, and I think you wanted to highlight some stuff on that. Yeah, man. It's, uh, like, it's, dude, just like I said, it, it's an interesting field that we're in, dude, and there's these stigmas that are created by, I guess, the upper echelon gods that are in a mountain of gains or whatever it is, right, dude? Some fucking oracle that's there, bro. Zeus. That, yeah. Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's one of these things where, dude, if, uh, uh, okay, let's just say, Max, you're doing an AMREP set of back squats, an AMREP set. It's your last set where you're going to say, all right, you're going, not like yesterday's workout, right, where you go and you say, all right, 80%. Felt good for three. I want to go for some max quality reps and stuff like that. Okay, standing behind, behind you, dude. Uh, I know you know how to squat. I know you know how to dump, dump the bar and stuff like that. But if your technical aspect of the squat still looks good, but you just have a little grinding point, dude, and you're still moving well, dude. Well, if I give you a little bit of support, reduce that load, maybe on the eccentric, the downward part of the squat, you're gonna have more energy to come out of the concentric part. Okay, so if I could guide you and just think about this it's more work done over time in a certain session that we have okay if you were going to stop at six okay but if i can make you get four more reps by reducing a little bit of a load on the eccentric but then you get the concentric part mm-hmm. that's quality work dude. That's quality, if your form and your technique is still good that is load move over time and that's going to add up dude you know what i mean it does. even if i put my finger on the fucking bar dude it counts bro like Get guys, get over it, dude. Like for real, like it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's okay. like there's gains, and there's actually, dude. Like, there's a lot of research dude, that it shows, man. You know what I mean? And I'll talk about some of the methods and stuff right now. But um, it's called for, force reps. Force reps, where it, it's it's used in bodybuilding to increase muscle mass. It's used in it's used in powerlifting as well too. Okay, where you decrease the eccentric load. And they help you on the concentric piece, negatives and stuff like that, right? And you're getting a spot at that point, you know what I mean? Uh, There's also ways where, let's say I'm doing a bench press, dude, and I get six reps grinded, but if my buddies give me a little tap, like a little spot as I go, and I get six more reps, but the form looked good, those are six reps of that load that I wouldn't have gotten by myself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's potential for an increase in strength and muscle mass and just technical practice at that point just like we said kind of yeah. like that you know yes. um, there's this one thing that we used to use man when when we're really into piloting and stuff like that and it's used a lot in like the conjugate method right uh, and it's called the future method right and what 
it is, is like, let's just say, dude, I'm in uh, um, deadlifting inside of a power rack, inside, mm -hmm. okay? So bars inside, right? I got my bar set up for deads. I'm going to put bands on the uprights on top, and I'm going to loop the band through the bar on the sleeves on the outside. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it helps me accelerate that bar and lift the bar because the band's pulling on the bar going upward. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you could overload. You could get a little bit of feel. It's going to be lighter off the ground because the band stretched more. But as you get to the top, it starts getting heavier because the band has less tension. Mm -hmm. So as you get to the top, you really feel the load at that point. And then you can work on the eccentric piece of it as well too. Sticking point. You know what I mean? And that's called the future method, man. And what we would do is we use that uh, during that overreaching state of training the last three or four weeks before me. So we could overload during certain parts of the lift, but in a safe way with that future method, you know? And that's kind of like a self-made spot at that point, what it is, dude, you know? That's smart training right there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, I like that. I had never heard of the future method. Well, what are your thoughts, dude, on on that, bro? Like, like, like I, I mean, if people talk about spotting. I'm glad you brought this up, dude. It's something that, that, I, that I haven't even really put much thought into until now, but... Like what's the, like what what is your view on it, and where do the benefits lie? Spotting, man. Okay, so my view on spotting is it's okay, man. It's actually pretty cool because it's gonna get you stronger, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, there's some extremes, man. Like where if the mechanics look real, real jacked up, then yeah, you're gonna help them out of that for sure. But like you said, if you can maintain mechanics, all you're doing is reducing the load so that you can keep moving through the mechanical levers correctly, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's one way to get over plateaus. So one thing that I like is, like let's just example, like working on the negatives, right? So like bench press, right? So let's say you're stuck at like 225 and you can't get over that. You've been there for a while. Okay, well overload the bar with uh, maybe 235, 240. Have your homeboy or homegirl spot you off the rack and then just work on that slow eccentric on the way down. All the way, all the way, all the way. Maybe about three to five second count on the way down. Let the bar touch the chest and then your your spotter's gonna whoop help you all the way up with no press back. Yeah. And you just keep working on those negatives. So the benefit of that is more muscle growth, hypertrophy, right? Uh, it's gonna happen. So then hypertrophy leads to bigger muscle. Bigger muscle gets stronger. Then you look cooler. <laughs> right? So you get over that. You get over that hump. So I think that they have a huge carryover. But sometimes we shy away from it because we're so used to concentric work, mm -hmm. and maybe we haven't. Um, person maybe not doesn't have knowledge of that, or, or the coach hasn't showed them about that. And I feel like it's if, if you're coming to a group fitness class, sometimes it's cool to highlight those components um, because. Someone out there is going to listen, and yep. they're going to take that, and they're going to use it, and they're going to get stronger, and they're going to get over that plateau. And the eccentric is where the gains are made, bro. Actually, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh. They are. So, remember that, team? Eccentric training, or practice, as yeah. well, right? Um, I what also about? think... Sorry, sorry, sorry. I also think that it helps create success, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And in creating success, is very psychological component to that. Yeah. And you're going to want to keep doing that, because you're seeing the progress. And then in just creating certain measures to where that person is, and then going from there. Yeah, you know I, mean? I love it, man. What That's you uh, no, and I think uh, I think this is a nugget that we gave to the audience today, bro. As far as because like we need to break certain stigmas, dude, and people don't want to talk talk about stuff like that sometimes. You know what I mean? And it's 
Like it's things that it's things that we understand, of course, uh, because of our education and background and stuff like that. We know the true principles and what happens at the physiological level. You know, what I mean, when when things like that are done. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I I got a funny story that goes along with spotting, dude. Right, so uh, I played football at pace, and uh, my my favorite thing to do all the time wasn't so much the sport, but I love the weight room. The weight room was my jam, you know what I mean? So, um, and why we used to project a 10 rep max to a one rep max, there's charts that say, okay, if you could do 225 on bench for 10, you could do 350 then for one. Estimated, yeah. Yeah, which is bullshit. Like, (laughs) the farther away you get from one rep, the more variance and skewed it is, you know what I mean? Because of the 30 external factors that there is to it, you know? Yeah. So, 10 rep max, is what we used to use, and it was more for, I, I guess it was used as safety, you know what I mean, instead of going for one rep, balls out, well let's reduce the load and go for 10 and say whatever you hit for 10 is your max, right? So, these guys, dude, <laughs> wow bro, imagine the old school pace weight room before the one they have now, which was like, mirrors were all fucked up because there's like 80 festoso kids, high school dudes that stink bro. Gotcha. With all the mirrors are fogged up, the bars are all wet because the humidity in there, dude. And we're testing our back squat that day, right? And everyone is looking for the biggest lineman to spot them, dude. You know what I mean? So you see these like little cornerbacks, bro, right? With like 405 on the bar, dude, right? And you got the Rocky Art tackle hugging him, like bear hug from the back, like, let's go, baby. And picking him up on the squad as he goes, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so don't do that spotting, guys. Over like, over. Yeah, dude, we're not talking about. Dude, we're not talking about that. That's a partner squad. Bro. Yeah, bro. It's partner a, squad. Yeah, that's like a team to two on one bar, <laughs> one bar, dude. But it was I can just picture that, bro. Yeah, man, like it took me back. Hovering over him. Yeah, and everyone always looked for the biggest guy, bro. And Spot. there was like there was like two or three guys that were the ones already like, yeah, man, I'll spot you, bro. You know what Damn, I mean? Damn, bro. So and dude. But imagine how skewed the, like these guys couldn't even squat 405 for one, dude, and they were doing it for 10. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, okay. That won't have any carryover. Oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. This, that, don't do that, guys. That is for clout. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Clout. Straight up. Straight dude. clout. Straight up. Do anything for clout. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, man. That's when we were just kids, bro. Yeah, man. Young and dumb. And that's when you also know that <laughs> there was no... Supervision no. in the weight room, bro. Not like, at, all. <laughs> at all, man. Man, I would have had my kids doing some different shit. Oh yeah, for sure, bro. Did he get hurt? Uh, you know what, dude? I think in high school, dude. Um, at that time, that really hurt about people getting injured in the weight room, dude. You know what I mean? But it's also, bro. You like? I mean, we did some shit that absolutely yes, bro. That now I look back and I'm like. Fuck, man. But we're also 15, 16, 17-year-old pliable, moldable kids at that time, bro, too. Yeah, fashion. Still, like... I'm, I'm, I'm not loose. saying it's okay to train like that, but you could get away with it at that age sometimes, man. You know what I mean? Like, you can. and But it should not be done, though. I mean, of course not. You know, 100%, 100%, 100%, you know what I mean? But when you're at that age, dude, you could, you could get away with some crazy shit, dude. Man, we see body. it. We do. We see it, man. Yeah. We see it all the time, and we've probably done some crazy shit back in our day, too. Like, one of the things that comes back to mind is just jumping off, like, 
a roof, like yeah. a roof, like how that might, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. think about that now. Now? You know? I mean, you don't, yeah, Like a bone and shit, but yeah. as you're a kid, you're like, bah, dripping off and shit, and you're like, fine. tuck and roll. Right. And it's like, wow. So yes, man, the bodies are resilient. They're amazing when you train them, but if you implement certain practice and skills and neurological components, you can be even more durable and say yes to more things. Yeah, man, let's get better, bro, as a whole, man. I mean, that's what it comes down to, you know what I mean? Just like we always say, it's down the road, dude, at 80 years old, dude. That's what we're looking for. Let's let's still work out. Let's I still wanna, go train, yeah, you know? Like, I want to be able to get off the ground, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hold a plank, yeah. you know, carry fucking whatever I need to carry at 80 years old, bro. It's it's true, man. The universe allows me to live that long. A lot know? of practice along the way, though. But a lot of practice along the way, for sure, man. So, um, anything else you want to hit up on? Dude, I think that is pretty much it for today, dude. But I think, oh, good, bro, man. this has been, I mean, all the podcasts are my favorite. <laughs> but I think this one hit a spot with me today, bro. It was good, man. It was good, man. It was good. So, team, I hopefully we kind of cleared up some of the practice versus training and, and we see you all practicing some skills, you know, and, and some of the skill work is implemented in the warm-ups, yeah. right? Scat pull-ups, scat push-ups, hollow holds, kip arch swings. holds, little kip swings, active hang holds, dead hang holds. Like, it's all there. It's all yeah. there. And we'll highlight them more as we go through. And maybe in the future, um, round two of, of a pull-up clinic or something later on yeah, man, as, the year, as the year goes. You know, so we'll, we'll come up with something, man. So... Good to have you guys back, man. Yeah, brother. I'm glad to be back. We missed y'all. And uh, just thanks, guys, to our audience and everyone who listens and shares the podcast, as always. So we'll see y'all soon. Appreciate it, man. Much love. Laters. Peace, guys.